Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Three minutes left in the first quarter. Actually, 3.07 left. Winnipeg scores a touchdown to go up 13-4 on Hamilton. The converts still to come, so the Bombers looking good early there. Elks against the Rough Riders on Sunday here on 6.30. Chad, 3.30 is the countdown to kick off. The game starts at 5. Our special fan day broadcast tomorrow is from 11 until noon. The Blue Jays taking on the Twins. It's 2-2 in the bottom of the seventh. Basketball tonight. It is game four of the NBA Finals. Heat leading the Nuggets 21-20 at the end of the first quarter. Of course, the Stanley Cup Final. Overtime last night. Florida wins it. So Vegas leads the series two games to one. Game four on 6.30, Ched, tomorrow starting at 6 o'clock. Severson moved it across. Ball safe. Rebound goal. Curtis Lazar. through Shesterkin and Lazar. You see him get on the inside of Barkley Goodrum. A postseason goal scored a few weeks ago by our next guest from the New Jersey Devils. He joins us every offseason. It's become an annual tradition ever since he graduated from the Edmonton Oil Kings. Curtis Lazar joining us on Inside Sports. Curtis, it's Reed. Howard, thanks. Things are doing pretty good. How are you doing, Reed? I am doing very well. It is a pleasure that uh, that you re- you remember this show after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just feel like every year you uh, introduce me, it's coming from a different team. It feels like. <laughs> well, you have changed teams a little bit, which which we will talk about as we go along, because some very interesting things happened to you and your teams uh, this season. Uh, but yeah, you know, look, look, we've been doing this since you were an Oil King, so in your late teens and, and now. You're you're well into your into your twenties. Uh, I know you're I know your dad. I think there's another one uh, on the way. How's life treating you? Life is good. Yeah, like you said, my uh, my wife. She's she's due almost any day here. We're going to be welcoming another boy into this world. So to be at home, to be settled. Um, I mean, we're wrestling around a two year old already. So like I said life's hectic. It's it's good, but uh, there's a. Uh, there's no place I'd rather be right now than with my family. Okay, well, th- good for you, and, and, and thanks for uh, for making time for us. And, and you did tell me yesterday, you said, we'll do the interview, but I may have to cancel last second if my wife goes into labor. So we'll, we'll see if we get some interesting live radio in the next few minutes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I said, how much time do you have? We could give you an in-depth play-by-play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, would, that would be something. Uh, who, who, who have you stayed in touch with from those Oil Kings teams? Obviously, you guys have, you know, had incredible teams and uh, went to a Memorial Cup, won a Memorial Cup. Do you, do you still uh, touch base with anybody from those clubs? Yeah, actually, uh, you know, I got a text from Mitch Moraz yesterday. Um, he's coming out to Kelowna in a couple weeks here, so you know we'll try and get together. Uh, and other than that, I mean, just the, the usual Tristan Jari when I when I see him throughout the season and whatnot. But I said, so we coming up to ten years, ten years anniversary next year. Yeah, already. Can you believe it? Yeah, it's it's crazy. So uh, hopefully, you know, we can kind of get the band back together for some type of reunion or whatnot. But I, you know, I paid a bit of, you know attention i guess to the memorial cup this year with it being in camo is pretty close to, to where i'm at in Kelowna. um 
And yeah, I mean, Seattle just couldn't seem to get it done. And I just, I guess there's that drought in the Western Hockey League that, you know, they just can't seem to get over the hump. So it's as hard as it is to see. I mean, I guess it's a little bit more of a feather in our cap for our team, knowing that we were able to get the job done. The last WHL team to win the Memorial Cup, your Oil Kings in 2014. Now, the tournament was canceled a couple of years because of COVID, so who knows, but still. Um, do you, like, do you have a theory? Like, like Stoff thinks it's because the, the WHL has too many teams, so maybe the champion isn't as good as some of the champions in other leagues. Uh, I, I asked uh, Stu Barnes about it the other night. He coaches Tri-City, and he just said, I don't know, short tournament things sometimes go in cycles. Like, is there anything that you think is the, the reason for that drought for the dub? No, I, I mean, that's, like you said, you think about it, and that was the reason that I kind of saw pop up was you said, you know, there, there's more teams, the roster is a little bit more watered down. But, I mean, that, that's the beauty of the Memorial Cup. If you're to play it again with those four teams, you know, at the end of the month, you can probably get a completely different result. I mean, that's just the beauty of junior hockey and, you know, and the talent they have. I mean, every team's so close. Um, so ultimately, I mean, it just seems to be the way things are going for the Western Hockey League. And again, it's not saying that the teams aren't good. Uh, you look at Seattle and, you know, winning the league and, you know, the firepower that they had on that team, uh, you know, on any given year, really, they'd have a really good chance of bringing it home. I said they just came up a little short this season. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's uh, get a little closer to the present day for you. Um, you got traded. Now, you, so you signed with Vancouver well, almost a year ago, and then and you got a three-year deal, and then you got moved to the New Jersey Devils. Like, did you think something was going to happen? Were you a little surprised to get uh, dealt? Tell us about how that shook down for you. Yeah, um, like you said, you sign that deal, you get some term, little security, you think, uh, and again, it just seems to you know how it goes. Uh, I didn't have the best of season this year in Vancouver. Uh, you know, injuries kind of got to me. Uh, I wasn't really utilizing the role that I wanted to be, but even when I was, I didn't execute to, to I guess, the ability of my level of standard. So I was kind of kicking myself in that. But, yeah, I, uh, I had a knee injury, uh, sat out about a month, rehabbed hard, and then finally I got cleared. I guess it was the day before the deadline. I went up to Rick Talk and said, Talk, like, I'm, I'm good to go tonight. Am I playing? He says, yeah, you're playing. He gets to the rink at 4.30 and he calls me in his office and said the team's got other plans. They just want to see some other guys or another player play because uh, they had to make a decision on him in the coming days. So right away, you know, okay, I get it. It's a couple more days of rest. Um, and then, you know, I was kind of joking around with the guys with the whole asset management conversation and whatnot. And I was saying that they're holding me out because of that, not thinking anything that I was going to get traded, you know, within 12 hours later. Um, and sure enough, you know, going through that night in the deadline i've been moved i guess a couple times now at the deadline you're a little on edge uh, i woke up that next morning and i just figured i should put my phone on loud just in case i still didn't think it was going to happen and within five minutes you get that phone call so again it catches you off guard but in saying that uh very happy with where i ended up all right, and you went to a New Jersey team. I mean, they had that incredible winning streak earlier in the season when you weren't there, but they beat the Oilers twice over the course of that stretch. A lot of the discussion around the the Devils, Curtis, including for me, was ah, they're not for real. They're they're not they're they're not going to last. But you guys made it into the second round. Uh, from from your experience there, you know, last quarter of the season or so in the playoffs, why were the Devils uh, for real? What was the key to them being so strong this year? Yeah, um, I mean, it's, they're they're a legit team, and now you know being a part of it, it's pretty cool seeing them, you know, 
firsthand and being a part of it it's it's unbelievable uh the one thing i've always had you know playing against the devils was was their speed their tenacity on the puck i think they're one of the, the fastest team in the league and then you know you got some game breakers with the high-end skill and the way they move the puck and it's it, you know, it's hard to keep up your decision making playing against them has to be quick and uh, and even the d-zone structure as well i mean we, we smother the puck you don't have much time to get it out uh, and then getting a chance to be a part of it and realizing that, like, holy cow, what this team can do and how they execute, it's, it's unbelievable. I, I caught myself, like I said, I was only there from the deadline on, but being in practice, at, you know, this, the skill and the speed the guys are executing, it kind of made me a little uncomfortable. You know, I'm trying to keep up and whatnot, but it's so cool. And then you see this team behind closed doors too. It's a young core, um, said a lot of skill, and a team that just wants to work at it. They want to build, and they want to prove doubters wrong because the, the Devils haven't had the best track record in the past and this year they completely flipped the script so credit told i mean the coaches for having that game plan but then the team as well for executing that and seeing the growth throughout the playoffs uh was outstanding so i'm i'm excited to get back there and you know kind of build something special well good for you and one of those guys uh, i mean you mentioned the coach staff i mean the fans were chanting to fire lindy ruff the first weekend of the season uh <laughs> just so so much for that veteran coach tell us about uh the relationship you were able to form with uh, with lindy over that brief time yeah L- lindy was awesome uh and again it's kind of a tough situation for me to come in you're coming in a winning team i'm fresh off injury i play three games and i re- i re- re-hurt myself and I'm over another month so he didn't really have much of a book on me besides you know tape and kind of conversations with me but allowing me to get in the mix uh, and then playoffs mixing a few games you know having his trust and his confidence was was great um so there's still some room to grow with that because you know I was only there for a short period of time but the way he communicates what he demands over his players it's it's awesome but what I really enjoy too is the you know the relationships he has with the guys outside the rink you know he loves talking about you know his playing days know life outside the rink um just every you know everyday things and you know that makes you feel good as a person when you come to that rink it's that safe space uh and uh and not to mention the ping pong table the guys got in the room too between the players playing and then when they, all the players leave lindy's the first one up there to take on any other coach or any challenger <laughs> that's uh that's great okay curtis lazar joining us tonight on inside sports uh, he's with the new jersey devils he's telling you how he was traded from the canucks at the deadline look you, you know i gotta ask you about the, uh, the situation with the canucks bruce boudreau was the coach um there was the st- it kind of got out to the media and i think even into the dressing room that he probably was going to be fired and then he was, but he was still coaching games. Uh, the, his last game was, uh, I think the Oilers beat you guys 4-2, I want to say, on a Saturday night. What was it like to sort of go, I mean, look, and you know the Canucks organization took a lot of heat for that. What was it like going through that with with Bruce, or, or did you insulate yourself from it a little bit? I'm just wondering what the experience was like. Yeah, um, extremely difficult situation. Uh, just from the get-go, you know, things seemed to be off. We, we started off with that you know, road trip where we didn't win a game. Uh, and next, you know, the fans are on us. And then, you know, there's the public, you know, I guess outlash or interviews going on about how, you know, the coaches weren't really the guys and Bruce didn't really have the backing. And, and it, it was just tough because, you know, it continued just to spiral out of control. You know, we were working hard. Um, and as players do, like you said, you kind of insulate yourself from that. You keep everything that you do on a day-to-day basis internal. But it got so loud and became such a talking point that eventually, you know, it did get to us. And those last few weeks were very tough. Um, We're trying to leave it all out there for a coach who, you know, 
Bruce, if you meet Bruce and, and get to know him, he's one of the best humans you ever meet. Just this true stand-up guy. Uh, he'd meet with all of us, you know, every couple of weeks, and you wouldn't even talk about hockey. Just touching and you know, touching base with you. How's your family? Anything I can do for you? Um, and I mean, people now see him. They get the personality as you sit in the front row watching WWE and, and whatnot. So. He did everything for us, and I think the way that he conducted himself throughout, you know, the last times, like you said, I mean, he kind of knew that the time was coming. It seemed the whole world knew that there was going to be a change, um, and it was already highlighted of when that was, and that was against the Oilers. Uh, going into that game, we wanted to win it so bad for him, and and even afterwards with Bruce, and he broke down and had a chance to address us, pretty much knowing that it was the end, uh, and and that got to us too. I mean, I, I've never had probably a tougher day at the rink in that moment knowing that we lost a good man to uh, a situation that kind of drug out too long um and it was just unfortunate i mean you want more results you want to do more for him uh was there a change it probably was but just how it drug out it, it wasn't ideal so we did our best uh, i got nothing but respect for bruce and uh and then saying that too i got nothing but respect for rick talking as well and the type of guy and coach that i mean again i had him for a couple of weeks but what he the vision that he has there for that team so hopefully it's all cleared up now uh, i mean bruce landed on his feet and i hope to see him back behind the bench uh, sooner than later yeah thanks for answering that because obviously that was kind of one of the big stories throughout the season okay before i let you go and i know you're busy with uh with fatherhood and, and adding another one here right away uh did you think like, you watch the cup final or any playoffs once you guys were eliminated yeah um not too much. Uh, again, it was hard. I mean, when I went out to Jersey, my family wasn't able to join me. So I was away from them for about two months straight. So coming back here, I mean, it's a TV off, just spending time with them. But have the game on the background. So I watched a little bit of, uh, I guess, the game last night. Uh, I've heard about the Vegas domination games one and two. So it was good to see Florida win one. But, uh, again, you just can't seem to count out those Panthers. They, they always seem to come back. And I don't think anyone's really – push for them or thought they were legit and they all they do is answer the bell uh and then vegas as well uh i had bruce cassidy in boston i know his system and how it plays and you can just see a team that's bought in to play in the right way so it's it's been a back and forth and i'm excited to see how it plays out all right curtis thanks for doing this uh i always love having you on your on the show uh you, you know it's it, it is annual that we have you on every summer sometimes we sneak you on during the season as well but we always have you in the summer so really appreciate this uh all the best uh with the, with the new addition to the family and, and to everybody in your family man thank you so much and uh, enjoy your summer we'll talk to you again soon Thanks for having me, Reed. Talk soon. That is Curtis Lazar from the New Jersey Devils checking in. Uh, of course, a great member of the Oil Kings, as he said, almost a decade since they won the Memorial Cup in 2014. So, yeah, he, he was pretty honest about what it was like seeing Boudreaux, uh, how he was treated by the Canucks, and then eventually let go after uh, that loss to the Oilers. Yeah, good to have Curtis on the show and, and wish him well with the Devils, who definitely are an up-and-coming team. They they kept exceeding my expectations all throughout the season. I thought the Rangers were going to pound them in the first round, and they came back from a 2-0 deficit to win before they were uh, bounced in round two. 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Rick Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. It's five minutes into the second quarter. It is Winnipeg 21, Hamilton 4. Hooey! Zach Kalaros just lighting up the Tiger Cats in this one. 
We'll keep you updated. 780-496-0063. Kellen, what's up? It is Elks weekend. It is Elks home opener weekend, Reed Wilkins. So we got some Elks texts on the text line for you. Marthas texting in. Good evening, Reed. I think penalties cost the Elks big time last year as well. It's a huge momentum killer and takes the crowd right out of it. That's from Marfus. Yeah, uh, I remember Dave referenced one of the losses to Saskatchewan. They, and, and again, they, I did this last year. I, I went more into detail about some of the home games they lost. And they, they have been blown out several times. But both of the Saskatchewan games last year at home, they were uh, leading in the fourth quarter, and they lost by double digits in both. And there was the one, uh, I think they still had the lead, and they had an interception, and it was called back on uh, a pass interference call, which was the right call. But uh, I think it was Durant Carter interfered with a receiver who really had no chance of getting back to the ball. So penalties like that. And then, yeah, you, you take a time count. You take a, an illegal procedure. I mean, committing penalties where the ball doesn't even get snapped on offense. So uh, they got to cut that down. Um, and, I, and I think that's, uh, that, I mean, it's big for every team, of course. But I think especially when your team, a team that's looking like it's going to be better, going to have more energy, uh, but probably still be a bubble team to make the playoffs, to, you know, eliminating some of those mistakes could be the difference between uh, getting in or, or sitting out again. All right, 780-496-0063. Speaking of uh, the Elks, we got one of their opponents for this weekend coming up. Jaden Dulk, he's a defensive back for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He is from Leduc, and he uh, played amateur football here in Edmonton, junior and university, and now he's uh, settling into his second season in the Canadian Football League. He's also a skydiver. So take a leap of faith and come back after the news.